Okay, um, I just want to say this to you. I had, we did a lot of it right here. And um, how many of you know that's powerful? When you intercede to the Lord with worship, praise, music, in the Holy Spirit, driven by the Holy Spirit, there's something that happens. The windows of heaven and the curtains tear open, but more so than that, the forces of hell repel and they fall back. And those words that we release in that realm together, moving in that intercession and that ring out, they have power, they have authority. A prayer of agreement has a lot of authority, but when a prayer of agreement is perfectly in the will of the Lord, it has all authority, all authority, all authority. Just pray what you will according to the will of the Father, and it is done in heaven and is it in earth. And I don't think anybody can argue who loves Jesus Christ and knows the Lord as their Lord that is the Lord's will to have this curse of abortion stopped in this land. Now, I want to remind you, and just going to say it again, because some of you have lived this with me, with this church, with this ministry, but we know the date. You know, it's very not very often that you can give a date, time, and birth to a prophecy. A lot of times they're sort of general. They're sort of, in a way, nebulous. The Lord says this, and then we wait on the time. No, I know exactly the time. It was 3.31, uh, according to my bedroom clock, a.m. in the morning, November 9th, after the election results were announced. Um, and the Lord gave the vision of the Supreme Court and the besom going up and down on the pillars. And he said, the besom is, is a sweeping, a broom in, 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 in old ancient Aramaic. And he said, we're sweeping the, the, the uh, he's going to sweep those pillars. The pillars represent those pillars of justice in the Supreme Court. He said, I'm going to cleanse those pillars of justice, which tells us that, that they're not righteous. They're unrighteous pillars because they've been propagating rules and laws that are not according to the law of the land in many instances. And he said that I'm going to have this president, this man, appoint three Supreme Court justices. Remember that? That was announced and pronounced the very next morning. I put it, on, I put it out and, and began to call everyone I knew prophets I knew, large ministries I knew, and I asked them to all agree, and I didn't sleep for 48 hours as the word of the Lord poured out. And in that instance, he said there would be three. Well, we got to the last term, and he said, in the first season of this man. So maybe there's another season. I don't care about the politics of it. I care about what the Lord brought us to, is what I really care about. And so the third one was appointed in the last month, just squeezed in there because it wouldn't have happened had it waited. We know that. So three got appointed. They have a mission. Now, whether they accept that mission or not is up to the fear of the Lord in their hearts. And we know that at this point, maybe if they accept that mission, we get a 5-4, maybe a 6-3. I doubt it because the chief justice is all hung up on precedence. Precedence is a curse if it's a precedence that's against the law of the Lord. If we were going by precedence alone, women would still not be voting. There would still not be civil rights in America. You would still have slavery. All of those were precedents for a long time. So just because Roe versus Wade has been a precedence for several decades doesn't make it a law of the land that should not be changed. It needs to be changed. And it needs to be changed coming with that hearing December 1. The Lord said then, and we prophesied it, He said, tell my states, tell my governors, Tell my attorney generals, 
tell my lawyers to bring the cases in the lower courts. And by the time they get up, that's exactly the word he gave. I have it on tape. By the time they get up to the Supreme Court, I will have changed the court and I will change the law of the land. December 1. December 1, 2021 is D-Day. That's the day it's being heard. And Roe versus Wade is being put right on the court. Right on the court. Now, the Texas law, you know, is a formality. Was it done according to formality? It wasn't so much the spirit of the law that they heard it on. It was the formality of how it was done. So that's the excuse if it comes out against it. This is clear. This is clear. So we want to praise God for it. We want to move with God for it. That's a mission that God gave us. That he gave us. That was the birth of Shield. And Potashield came out with the, with the absolute conviction that we would see that the word of the Lord would come true for the life of the unborn, that it would come true with moving the embassy to Jerusalem. That was the other thing that was prophesied. That happened. That it would come true with several of the other things that happened before God, especially for making the church bolder again and coming back out. But in this instance, December, 20, December 1, this week is the day. Let's be in prayer. If you can fast, fast. If you're uh, brought of the Lord. And then don't forget about it. Keep it before the Lord. Declare it before the Lord. Remind the Lord of His Word. All the prophets in the Bible always brought the Word of the Lord back to Him. Even Jesus Christ on John 17, He declared the Word of the Lord to the Father Himself. Keep them, Father, in thy name, he said. So that's what we want to do. Now, just real quick, how many of you know that this is the first day of Advent? How many of you know what Advent is? Yeah. Uh, so let me just tell you real quick, because it has a prophetic meaning for this house. Uh, the name was adopted from a Latin word called Adventus. How many of you had to take um, a Latin? in school. I had to take Latin. I, I don't know why. They, they thought I was going to do pre-law. So they said, everybody who takes pre-law needs to take Latin. Terrible language to learn. Because, I mean, it's good for roots, but you can't speak it. it. It means coming. It means arrival. And when you translate it into Greek, it's parousia. And this is a term that is used, listen to me, parousia, for the second coming of the Lord. And so this season of Advent anticipates the coming of Christ. And it does it in three different perspectives. One is the physical, the nativity, the birth of Jesus Christ, the first coming in Bethlehem. The second one is receiving Christ in our hearts. So it's a preparation of the heart, the coming of Christ into our hearts to be born again. But the third one is eschatological, and that is the second coming of the Lord. So in this house, preparing to prepare the way for the coming of the Lord, we want to get excited about the second coming of the Lord. Amen? And so Advent to us has another, another meaning. It has another fulfillment. It has another prophetic revelation to it. And that is we say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Prepare your church. Let us overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen? So we're celebrating Advent, not because it's ritual, not because it's liturgical, not because it has different uh, 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 seasons and services in denominations. 
We are saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and come into the hearts. Now, it so happens, and it doesn't happen every year, this also happens to be the first day of Hanukkah. Now, some say Hanukkah, but I want you to pronounce it with me. Hanukkah, Hanukkah. Start deep in your throat. Don't worry. Put your mouth in front so you don't hit the person and spray in front of them. Hanukkah. Say Hanukkah, Hanukkah. That's how you say it, Hanukkah. Well, I shared with you a moment, and I'm going to share it with you again, that Hanukkah, I just want you to get these understandings so you know what's going on in the earth. Hanukkah uh, started, again, as I said, in the second century uh, before Christ. And at that time, the Holy Land was uh, ruled by what was called the Seleucids. And those were Syrian Greeks. And they were a very, very cruel people and tried to force all of Israel into the Greek culture and to deny the God of Israel. They had different gods, different ways. And so this small band of faithful, and they were poorly armed Jews, very similar to the ones that liberated Jerusalem and fought for Israel when it was first named a nation. They were poorly armed. They were totally outforced against the armies that were against them, but God used them to deliver Israel and ultimately Jerusalem. Well, he did this way back then. And these were led by Judah the Maccabee, and they defeated one of the mightiest armies on earth at that time. And they drove the Greeks from the land, they reclaimed the holy temple, and then they rededicated it to the service. And as I told you, they found a candelabrum, and that's what that is, with, 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 with your eight, and the ninth in the middle, and they and they found a little, little ephah of oil. And that oil was, had not been desecrated by the, by the Greek Syrians. It had to be pure. That's pure. So they put it in, expecting it to last a very short while, not even a day. And it burned for eight days. Why was eight days important? I want you to understand this. It burned for eight days because that's how long it took them to generate fresh oil and to go through the purification rites with it according to the law, seven-day purification rites. So the first day they started, then they went through seven days of purification, which a priest goes through also. I know because I practiced that stuff way back in the day. And in that instance, on the eighth day with pure oil, it burned out, they filled it up with lights and kept the lights burning in the temple perpetually from that point on, to show the light of the Lord. So when you see Jesus say, let your light shine, this all has ties. It has ties to your Judaic roots. And those Judaic roots go all the way back to the light, bringing light in the darkness in the temple for God. He is the light of the world. He's the light in the darkness. And so that's what we celebrate. So now we have the merging of the two. We have Advent where we're asking Jesus into our heart. We're celebrating the fact he came and we're prophetically declaring he's coming again. And we have Hanukkah, which says what? The promises and the eternal truths of God are sustained forever by him by him. So we rest together in that season in this house and we declare unto the Lord, we receive. We receive your eternal promises. Let your word come true. I don't think that it's an accident that smack in the middle of Advent and Hanukkah, the light unto darkness, that the Supreme Court put on their agenda. They didn't know. They didn't choose the date. December 1, right in the middle of the week of Advent, when it's the Messiah in the heart, the fear of the Lord and Jesus coming. 
and with Hanukkah, the light of the world, celebrating the eternal promises of God. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Thank you, Jesus.